Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Thank you for joining us today for the Doctrine Matters podcast. Today, on this episode, we're going to continue the thought of depression. On this previous episode, we talked about depression and suicide. And one thing is clear is that we all struggle with some form of anxiety and or depression at some particular points in our lives. Now, some may deal with it in greater detail than others, and some may just have a a passing uh, interaction with anxiety or depression as they go through their lives. But I think it's clear to me that many, many, many people struggle with depression, whether that be uh, coming and going of depression and, and episodes of depression and anxiety, and others stay in um, a, a state of depression many times. And today I want to talk about joy in depression. You see, many times in the Christian community, I feel like that we don't want to confront depression. And, and, and maybe the word confront is wrong. Maybe have discussions about depression. A lot of times we don't want to tell others we're depressed because we're worried about what they may think of us being a Christian because being a Christian and depressed for years, for some reason, has been labeled as wrong or there's something wrong in your life or you're not doing something right. And How can a Christian be depressed? But here, let me just be clear, everybody deals with depression. I mentioned in the last episode that Charles Spurgeon was the Prince of Pe- Preachers that he suffered with depression, severe depression, his whole ministry, yet he didn't do anything other than what we are going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how to have joy in that depression. So how did Charles Spurgeon have joy in depression? Well, one thing, let me just go ahead and tell you that Charles Spurgeon did not do, is Charles Spurgeon didn't go look for joy. He wasn't seeking joy to have joy in the middle of depression He did something else, and I believe it's the same thing that we can do as we are in our depression because joy is a real thing. Joy is something that every believer should have. As a matter of fact, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we have joy in there, and many times we have heard the the expression that we've been robbed of our joy, like somebody has done something to us, or we have heard something that has simply robbed us of joy, when in reality, if we're looking for joy in other people, then we are not going to have true joy that comes from Christ. If we're looking for joy in our circumstances, then many of us will never have joy, because simply our circumstances Uh, are not as great as we would like them to be. So if we're looking for joy in all the wrong places, we will never truly have a biblical joy. And as believers, everything that we do, everything that we say, every view that we have about this world should have a biblical perspective along with it. So how can you have joy in depression? Now, There are going to be times in our lives when we are sorrowful, 
There are going to be times where we are troubled to our core. There's going to be times when things just don't settle well and sit well with us, and it's going to cause a depression. And in that, we can say that depression has robbed us of our robbed us of our joy. Uh, but in reality, the depression doesn't rob your joy unless your joy is rooted in worldly things. So, for instance, if you're finding your joy in reading Facebook, then your joy is not going to be a real lasting joy. That joy is going to be fleeting. You're going to see something that you don't like on social media and your joy is gone. As a matter of fact, you can find something on social media that could lead you into depression instead of out of it. So, if we're looking for joy in worldly situations, then we're going to find ourselves exhausted. We're going to find ourselves depressed. We're going to find ourselves overwhelmed because we're searching for joy in all the wrong places. I remember a song uh, many years ago uh, that said, looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe y'all know that. Y'all might sing that along. May look it up today on YouTube if you do. But you look for love in all the wrong places, you're going to find that you're not going to be satisfied. It's not going to be a long-lasting love for the most part. But You can't go looking for joy in all the wrong places either. You have to look for joy where it matters. Now, let's talk about our weaknesses. We know our weaknesses, don't we? All of us have weaknesses, and if you're like me, many times in your life, your weaknesses will seem to have a spotlight on them. You're going to know your weaknesses, and you struggle with having those weaknesses, and you want to make them better, but sometimes... When we put so much energy in trying to right our weaknesses, it leads us exhausted. It leads us feeling like we don't have any joy. It just leaves us feeling sometimes overwhelmed and depressed, to be honest with you. So how really do we have joy in the middle of depression? Well, if you're a believer, again, you should have that as part of the fruit of the Spirit. So But if we're looking for it in the wrong places, we don't have it, but we're depressed because we don't have it and we don't feel like we have it. But the truth is, we have to ask ourselves this question, even in the middle of depression, is how is your soul? Now, for me, as a pastor, it's easy for me to go out and care for others and, and pour into others and study for sermons to preach on Sunday mornings and study the Bible for Bible study on Wednesday evening. It's easy for me to do those things, but at the end of the day, I still have to ask myself, how is my soul? What am I doing for my soul? Am I pouring into the scriptures what I do for others, but am I doing it for myself? Am I studying the scriptures for me? Am I learning better who God is for myself? Because it is important that we are spending precious time in the scriptures. We need to be in the scriptures. But how is your soul? Are you spending that time with the Lord? Are you praying? Are you pressing into the grace that God has given you? And another thing that we need to think through is do you still think about your salvation story? Do you still think about the time you were saved? Do you think about how God has radically changed your life? Even if you don't have the greatest Uh, most extravagant and lavish testimony, right? And what I mean by that is that you're the the person that, man, you spent 25 years addicted to cocaine and you you had a $600 a day habit, you stole, you broke into homes, you 
did what you had to do. You know, that's what I mean by this elaborate testimony. You may be the person, like my wife, that has the testimony of, well, I was always, you know, a good kid. And we know good as far as a, you know, a worldly good is stayed out of trouble, spoke quietly, softly, never did anything wrong, obeyed her parents, obeyed the rules, uh, but then was radically saved one one night when she realized she was a sinner in need of God's saving grace. She repented of her sins and trusted Christ. So to me, any testimony where somebody has been saved by the grace of God is a great and amazing testimony, no matter the backstory that goes along with it. So just because you may not have that extravagant backstory doesn't mean that your testimony and your salvation was any far less greater than those who do. So if you have been saved by grace through faith, then that is something that you should think on regularly. So the Bible actually tells us, Paul does, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I believe this is something that we need to do for the rest of our lives. So if you have been saved by the grace of God, then I want to encourage you to look back on that constantly and say, man, look where I was, look what he did. Look where he's brought me in sanctification, making me more like his son, Jesus. He's done all of these things for me. And in those things, those things should bring you joy. But here's what happens to to us as human beings is sometimes if we're honest, we don't feel like that is enough. We feel like we have to be encouraged by somebody else. We have to seek approval from other people. And listen, I struggle with that. I have my whole life been an only child. Uh, haven't been ever been the popular kid, you know, so uh, growing up, I struggled with needing to be liked and finding happiness and joy in being accepted by other people. I have since as a believer come to realize that that is uh, something that is not of God. We don't have to be accepted by others. uh, Although as believers, we do accept one another. We love one another. We care for one another. We encourage and admonish as the Bible says. So we correct We do all those things. So yes, there is a sense of accepting one another in love as brothers and sisters in Christ, but we don't have to have their approval for everything that we do in our life. Knowing God and trusting Christ is all that we need, and we know God by repenting of our sins and trusting in Christ Jesus alone for salvation, and that alone should bring us joy. However, we take our focus off of Christ, and we look elsewhere for this joy that we so deeply want, and it's rooted inside of us, but we cover it up and we mask it as we look for other things. I'm reminded of uh, the storm that was happening, and the boat was rocking, and and Peter looks up, and the disciples look out, and they, they see what they think is a ghost, and Jesus says, hey, don't fear, it's me, right? Peter says, if it's you, call me out on the water. Well, Jesus calls him out on the water, man, and, and Peter is walking on the water towards Jesus. Now, I think we miss this sometimes in the story because the only person we say that ever walked on water is Jesus Christ. Well, uh, a careful study of the, the Scriptures would show that for a time, Peter was walking on the water as well as Jesus called him out of the boat. But what happens is he takes his eyes off Jesus, he looks at the things happening around him, and he ultimately starts to sink and fall in the water. Jesus has to pick him up, and he says, "'Oh, you have little faith.'" Now, we're talking about faith in that story. However, I think it can be applicable for what we're talking about right now is if we take our eyes off of Christ and look for joy in other things, it's going to leave this overwhelming, sinking feeling in us when we don't find that in 
outside things. So it is important for us, if we're, if we're going to talk about true joy and rejoicing because of that joy, it is important that we do not take our eyes off of Christ, and we have to, under, we have to start to evaluate ourselves. How is our soul? Are we spending precious time in the Scriptures? Are we spending precious time in prayer? Are we soaking up the grace of God? And are we remembering our salvation story? Are we remembering how God saved us by grace through faith? It, it, it's one of those things that if you are a true believer in Christ, you have joy. You should have that joy because, like I said, it is a fruit of the Spirit. So how do we continue to have this joy in the midst of depression? I told you that Charles Spurgeon was battling severe depression, and he was sorrowful. And I want you to know that joy is not the absence of sorrow. Joy is doesn't mean that there's not going to be sorrowful times in your life. It just means within the sorrow, you can still have joy. So we talked about um, David last episode of how he was depressed. Just read the Psalms. They're up and down with David being depressed. Uh, we talked about Elijah. Jesus himself wept over the death of Lazarus. He, 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 Jesus asked that the cup be removed from him before he himself died. There is some anguish and some sorrow that we feel. You feel anguish and sorrow in your life. And joy is not the absence of that. And just because there's suffering, there's trials, there's frustrations, doesn't mean you can't be truly joyful. Charles Spurgeon, again, I want to get back to this, struggled with severe depression, yet preached every Sunday. He was he had a, a, a large church, right? So... He spent his life severely depressed, but here, there was one Sunday morning when Spurgeon told his congregation, I almost regret this morning that I have ventured to occupy this pulpit because I feel utterly unable to preach to you for your profit. He was devastated by depression. He was devastated by things that happened in his life. He was devastated at an event that happened within his church just a few weeks earlier to him saying this, feeling unable to preach for their prophet because he was broken and and just depressed over the fact that someone in his church yelled fire, and because of the chaos, it led to several people dying and many people being injured. And in his sadness and sorrows, Charles Spurgeon says, I can barely preach. However... Charles Spurgeon had confidence in the Lord God Almighty. He was greater than anything that Charles Spurgeon dealt with. Jesus Christ was greater than the sorrow Spurgeon dealt with. Christ was greater than the depression. He was greater than the the severe depression that Spurgeon dealt with. Charles Spurgeon prayed this one time, O Spirit of God, magnify thy strength in thy servant's weakness and enable him to honor his Lord, even when his soul is cast down within him. You see, even though Charles Spurgeon was greatly depressed, he remained hopeful that God would do a good work, not only in his life, but the life of his church, his congregants, and everything else. So we have to understand that even in our worst days, it is crucial for us to lean into Christ and, and, and trust God with the outcome of all things. We know that 
God will do a good work somehow, even though somehow we don't understand it. We may not understand why we're depressed. How is God going to use depression for his good and glory and even for the believer's good? If you're a believer, God uses all things for his glory and for your good. We see that in Romans chapter 8. So we have to understand and have the confidence in the Lord God Almighty and not men. That's a part of looking for joy in other places. We are putting our, our trust and our hope in mere men that will fail us when we should be putting our hope and our, our care into God Almighty who can do all things good. And he's going to do all things good because he is a perfect God. He may allow evil, yes, but even within that evil, he is using things for his glory. So we have to look to Christ. We have to look to him to have that joy. We have to submit to him to have that joy, even in the midst of depression. So what is joy, though? I think that's something that we need to really understand and wrap our, mount, wrap our minds around what it truly is. What is joy? Joy has been defined as the delightful confidence in the triune God who orchestrated, accomplished, and applied our salvation. See, when we put our hope and our faith in a triune God, this God that exists in three different persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we trust this perfect and, and almighty God that has called us, saved us, sanctifies us, and one day will glorify us. This is who we look to to have true biblical joy. We respond to God and his character joyfully. You see, this joy that we are looking for and that we have attained, we're looking for this inward affection that finds an outward expression in praise and adoration and song. That comes from the book Character Matters by Aaron Minikoff. I love that he said that, that joy is an inward affection that finds an outward expression in praise and adoration and song. So what does that mean? In your darkest hour, if you are a believer, when the world is crashing down on you, when things are just so troublesome, so burdensome in your life, then you can cling to the Lord. If he has saved you, you have been saved by grace through faith. And one day, although this world is collapsing what seems like around us, we will know that as Christians, we will spend eternity with God himself, honoring Christ and worshiping the Lord. You see, it's when we tap into, and not even tap into, because we've been given joy as believers, but it's when we truly press into the Lord that we can have true joy. Now, this isn't a worldly joy that leads to, hey, I'm finally happy. But this is a biblical joy that leads us to saying, God, in my weakness, thank you. In my weakness, you are strong. In my weakness, I can continue in this life knowing that you have saved me. You have redeemed me. I am a child of God. I am no longer a child of wrath, but a child of God that you love, that you care for, that you have ordained my steps. So even in this suffering, 
of this present time, I'm going to honor you. This is this inward joy that, that Minikoff talks about in his book, this outward expression of praise and adoration and song to the Lord, that in our darkest hour, we can still sing to him. We can still worship him. We can still praise him. Why? Because he has saved us by grace through faith. Mere man cannot save anyone. Mere man cannot do anything close to what God can do for you. And I realize many of our situations are bleak. They are, they, they are bad. I mean, it could come down to struggling with the death of a, a family member, a loved one. Um, it could come down to a spouse that has cheated on you. It could come down to coworkers who have been uh, nothing short of manipulative and, and just nasty at work, and they've turned their back on you. It could be that you're alone. And you don't ever see yourself not being alone, so that kind of weighs on you. Uh, it could be a, a, a whole host of things that we find ourselves depressed over. But when we are in Christ, I want to encourage you, if you're in Christ, you have joy that has been given to you by the Holy Spirit. And that joy is a result of what God has done in your life. So I want to encourage you not to look for joy in outward things, but look inward to what God has done, how he's changed you, how he's sanctified you. And sanctified you and sanctification simply means that he's made you holy or making you holy. And one day he will make you perfect when you stand with him in eternity. And I really love Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I paraphrased it in the last episode, but I want to read it to you here today. The Bible in Romans eight eighteen says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know that the world is wasting away. This world will be gone one day. The Bible teaches there will be a new heaven, a new earth. It'll all be made new. So the sufferings of this present time that we live in, this fallen world, creation is groaning, men, we're groaning, we're suffering, we're going through trials. But I love what Paul says here. All these things that we suffer with, these depressing things that we battle, it's not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. So think forward. As we live our lives, we should live for eternity. But as humans in the flesh, a lot of the times we live in the moment. We live in the past because of things that have happened to us. And, and, and listen, rightly so, I'm a human being. There's a lot of things in my past that kind of weigh me down, and there's things that make me sad that I did and kind of leads to this depression sometimes. But then I look and say, but God, look what you've done in my life. You have saved me. You have brought me out of this miry pit. You've set my feet on solid ground. There is nobody else that could do that for me. So I want to look to you and cling to you. I want to go to your word. I want to pray to you, and I can find true, lasting joy in Christ and what God has done for us through Christ and through his shed blood as we've repented of our sin and trusted in Christ. So for me, I can live this life. I can be discouraged. I can go through bouts of depression, but still tapping into who God is in my life. The Bible teaches that we have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit for those that repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have God living inside of us, the Holy Spirit indwelling every believer. So we can tap into that. Now, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard at times, but that's the difference in 
seeking worldly things that bring us joy than seeking Christ who has given us joy. I know that life is tough, and I know that we would, we would think if our circumstance would just change, I would have more, gra- or, or more joy. If my circumstances were different, I would have more joy, but I can't have joy knowing that I'm fixing to lose my vehicle, that I'm fixing to lose my job, that I'm fixing to lose my house, that I'm fixing to lose a loved one, that I'm fixing to lose my marriage, that I'm fixing to be alone for the rest of my life, that people are mean to me, that people are uh, turning their back on me, they're lying to me, they're, they're trying to hurt me. You see, those things happen. And it's easy to look for joy if those things changed. But those things can remain the same forever. But listen to who else stays the same forever, and that's Christ Jesus. The book of Hebrews tells us this, that he's the same today, yesterday, uh, or yesterday, today, and forevermore. So Jesus never changes, and the joy that you have in Christ should never change as well. So we as believers should be able to walk around in this life. And people that may know our circumstances, that may know that things are just caving around us, they should be able to look at us and say, how do you have so much joy when your world is falling apart? And our response simply should be because Christ Jesus came, he died for me, his blood was shed, he was buried in a borrowed tomb three days later, he rose and he is seated at the right hand of God, and I have repented of my sin and trusted in Christ, and because of that, I have joy that one day I will be with him for eternity, that this suffering I am going through is only momentary. It's light compared to eternity. So here I am, and I'm going to have joy, and I'm going to promote Christ and Christ crucified because of the joy that I have in him. So a few things that we can do as we wind down this episode, just some Practical things that we could do to have joy in the middle of our depression are these. First and foremost, we should focus on Christ. I I alluded to this already, is we should not seek joy in all the wrong places, but we should focus on Christ, and not even focus on Christ strictly for the joy. If we are focusing on Christ, if we are reading the Word, if we are praying to Him, if we remember our salvation— And we teach ourselves the gospel daily because we need to be reminded of the gospel. Believers that have been believers for 30 years still need the gospel every single day. So we need to wrap our minds around who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives and focus on Christ. Another thing that we can do is we should surround ourselves with people who speak a lot about Christ. Now, one of the things that can easily be a trigger for depression is being around the wrong people all of the time. We all have been around those people that are uh, very rude. Some of them, some of them are manipulative. Some of them are worldly. And the longer we stay around those things and the less we talk about Jesus, the less we'll find our joy, the less we'll have joy because we're not going to be focusing on Christ for Christ to uh, bring us to that point of understanding and knowing and having that joy. So we should surround ourselves with people that speak much about Jesus. And sometimes this means that you're going to have to initiate the conversation when it comes to talking about Jesus as well. So you talk about Jesus or at least get the conversation started or be around people that can't stop talking about Jesus. That's going to help you 
in your joy because we're focusing on Christ not only individually, but as we gather with our friends. Another thing that we can do is sing to the Lord. Remember, one of the things that we talked about was joy being an inward expression that we uh, just want to make an outward expression. This inward joy that we have should make us want to worship, sing, and praise the Lord. Now, singing is a part of worship. Singing isn't just worship. We can talk about that at a later date, but uh, we should sing, and we should sing rich songs that have rich doctrine in them. I personally am not a fan of repeating the same chorus 15 times in a song. I'm not a fan of shallow theology in songs. I love rich hymns. I love to sing the old hymns. I love uh, some of the more modern stuff like City of Light, um, Sovereign Grace Music. Uh, different Shane and Shane have a lot of good things out there that we can sing that are rich in doctrine and theology. I think it's important that we sing back to God. We can sing the Psalms, singing the Psalter. You, you can sing these Psalms back to him, but when we start to sing back to God, and you may say, well, I'm not a singer. I'm not that, I'm not trained. I don't know anything about singing. That's okay. Uh, that's all right. You don't have to be a singer to sing back to God. Just make that joyful noise. It is important that we focus on Christ, surround ourselves with people that talk about Christ, and then we sing to Christ. There's nothing at all wrong with singing some good, rich, doctrinal hymns and songs back to the Lord. It will bring you joy if you're singing the right things. And last but not least, and this is not an exhaustive list, but these are just things that that can help you have joy in the middle of depression. And what we've already talked about in the last episode and even today, but laboring in the Word and in prayer. It's important that we labor in the Word, that we just not read the Word, but we hear the Word, we meditate on the Word, and we study it out, and then we apply it to our lives. So uh, we should labor in the Word and learn how to study our Bibles. We should labor in prayer that the Lord would take us from a worldly pursuit of joy to a biblical pursuit of joy, and that joy would be really uh, restored, and that we would find pure lasting joy in Christ alone. Even in our depression, we can have joy because of what Christ has done for us. We can have joy knowing that we will be with him in glory for an eternity when we leave this world. We can have the joy we so deeply desire. And I believe if we do those few things, it will help out tremendously. If we're just focusing on the Lord and making our life about the Lord. And the Westminster Confession of Faith gets it right in the very first question. And they, it, it says this, what is man's chief end? Or in other words, what is man supposed to do while here on this earth? But man's chief end, here's the answer, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If we're seeking joy and other things, we will not enjoy God. We have to focus on God, focus on Christ, exalting him, giving God glory, and we live our life enjoying God by focusing on him, surrounding ourselves with people who focus on him, singing back to him, and then we labor in the word and in prayer, and that joy will be there even in your darkest hour. 
So I hope this has been some help. I hope this is just a practical way that you can understand how to have joy, even in the midst of depression and and your struggle. I would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts, comments, um, rebukes, anything, any encouraging things you could uh, send this way, any any critiques that you may want to say, feel free to do so. Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, respond to the Facebook. You can find us there on Facebook, Doctrine Matters Podcast. We're on Instagram at Doctrine Matters, and I believe we're on Twitter at Matters Doctrine. So uh, look us up on all the social media platforms there. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doctor Matters Podcast. I hope it's been of help. If it has been of help to you, please just reach out and uh, let us know that this has been an encouragement to you. It's all for the glory of God. And we thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless. God bless.